2: What up, everybody? Mike Fachi here. And if you haven't already checked it out, go to PacersTalk.net for the latest coverage on all Pacer news. We have game recaps, game previews, and everything you can imagine. Let's go, Pacers.
1: And Oladipo wants it again. Approaching two minutes to play.
3: Pacer Nation, we hope that you all are hanging in there. It's been a little bit of a rough start for the season, but have no fear. Setting the pace will be here for you every single week. And I'm your host, Alex Golden, joined today by my co-host, the one and only Michael J. Fachi. Fachi, what's going on, man?
2: Alex, I have seen better times. I know so has Pacer Nation. If you told me we'd be 0-3, I would not believe you. Heck, I might have even started a fight with you because I am stunned right now. But there's still about, what, 79 games left? Come on, let's take it down a notch. We can do this.
3: We can do this. All right. So to start today's podcast off, I'm going to give Mike Focci the floor for 60 seconds. His opening rant about this 0-3 start. Focci, you're on the clock.
2: Uh, First of all, we have the worst bench in the NBA right now. Just an absolutely atrocious bench averaging just below 19 points. We're one of three teams in the league without a win. And we are the official worst rebounding team in the NBA. And the one thing, I asked for one thing, Nate. I said, can we shoot the three ball more this year? We are last in three-point attempts On the year. We're actually worse than last year. It's averaging about 23 attempts per game. So, so far, it's been a miserable start for the team. But, you know, things could have changed easily in just one shot last night. So, hey, we're 0-3 right now. It's a big difference between being 0-3 and 0-10. So we can get it going. We got Brooklyn coming up. We got revenge against Cleveland. But so far, it's been pretty awful. And, Alex, I want to hear your take on what – has this team looked like to
3: you thus far? This team has looked extremely clunky. Uh, The offense has looked clunky at times. Guys cutting to the same spot on the floor, no floor spacing. Uh, Really, outside of Brogdon, I think that the team's been pretty inconsistent in the first three games. Now, I know Brogdon did not shoot the ball well yesterday, but um, something has got to change with this rotation we have, we have no Jeremy Lamb, we have no Victor Oladipo, so I completely understand that you are slim at the two spot. Uh, Edmund Sumner's gotten the start the last two games. I've liked what he's brought energy-wise. Uh, he's not a great offensive threat, but I do like his defense and just playing the passing lanes, making this team a little bit faster. One of the things that I've been disappointed in, in the first two games specifically, was the way the Pacers played. Their pace of the game was awful. And they were not setting the pace. They were trying to catch up with the pace of the game. The the pace was ahead of them. It was completely frustrating to watch. And honestly, if you look at that game against Detroit last night, losing by two points, last-minute execution. You see right now why the Pacers miss Oladipo. And I'm just going to say it. Suns fans (laughs) got a lot more tape of T.J. Warren than the Pacers did. So, yes, we are seeing the struggles of T.J. Warren playing meaningful games, whatever you want to call it. But it is what it is. I think he's going to be fine. He's still trying to figure his role out. I'm not worried about this team. I know it's three losses. They're bad losses. You should have won all three games. No Blake Griffin for the Pistons. It's inexcusable. you got to win these games. The bench is atrocious. I blame Nate McMillan for his bench rotation. Plain and simple. Um... Aaron Holliday, yes, he struggled in the first game. But most of those shots that he took were good looks. He just played a little out of control. We talked about this, Fachi. It was his position to lose, and he lost it after one game. Absolutely mind-boggling that McMillan is that short of a leash on Aaron Holiday. But I'm going to close this out by saying this. I've, I have an idea of what I would do with this bench rotation. I'll talk about it later in the show. But that is our biggest problem. Our bench has been dreadful, like you mentioned, Fachi. 56 points through three games, averaging 18 points a game. If you're only getting 18 points from your entire bench, you're not going to win a lot of games and you're putting way too much on your starters. Last year, the Pacers bench was extremely solid with Corey Joseph, Tyreek Evans. I know everybody hated him, but he at least got to the basket and made plays. Sabonis was a solid person off the bench. McDermott, he's still the same person. He's not going to do much. Might hit a couple threes if he's open. He's a defensive liability. But having that power forward position being played either by Thad Young or Bojan Bogdanovic last year with that second unit was key. No more T.J. Leaf. Even though he's on my fantasy team for this Pacers fantasy battle we have going on, I don't want to see him play another minute. Alex, how
2: does a man lose his spot in the rotation? Not just any man, a first-round pick that, that you've shut down people calling you about. How does he lose his spot after just one game in the season, it makes no sense. Nate isn't playing any of the youth right now. I mean, it's it's hard to watch out there at times because, hey, look, I like TJ McConnell. I do. And it's not like he's the main issue. But how are you just not going to give Aaron Holiday any minutes at all? Yeah. And McDermott, I mean, he's essentially just just as – I'm looking at it right now. His plus minus yesterday was zero, and that's kind of what he's brought to the table so far. <laughs> a whole bunch of nothing. You know? So it's at the point where it's like I need to see something out of McDermott. I, I still can't get fathom the point that you could sign a man at twelve oh one when free agency begins and continue to get just about nothing out of him. And TJ Leaf, it, it's getting to the point where I'm not even kidding you. Just looking at him is starting to frustrate me. Just the play has been that rough that even just staring at him, I dare everybody to go on ESPN.com and just type in TJ Leaf and the image that just shows up, it'll boil your blood a little bit. You'll get a little bit annoyed. And that's, that's how I've been. Uh, I, I think that with TJ Warren, I mean, you talked about it before. Uh, I don't think that we've seen the best of TJ Warren by any means yet. But I think that the way that the game wrapped up last night was like, whoa. Uh, maybe that was allowed in Phoenix. But we do things a little bit differently here over in Indiana. And his shot selection at the end of the game was atrocious. It was very, very bad. <laughs> I, I think it's the, the whole combination, clock awareness, being double-teamed, being in the corner right over there, that was not the shot. Okay, we are you get talking to that, about that one shot or how he played the whole entire uh, I, I was more specifically there. talking about that last shot when they drew up the play where they put it. They put it to him right in the corner, and he shot that three ball with seven seconds to go. When I don't think that he realized how much time was left. Uh, I well, that was couldn't.
3: the wasn't that off of a uh, offensive rebound or?
2: No, that was inbound. That was after Luke Kennard missed that free throw. Um,
3: no, 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 I'm that, talking, no, no, no. I'm talking about didn't didn't Sabonis get an offensive rebound there, or did he get a pass <laughs> from somebody? Was it brought in yeah. a pick and roll, and then he kicked it out? I thought there was yes. a missed shot there. There, there, there was. I only there was. saw that, that play once. Oh no, that was that was
2: when Sabonis got that offensive rebound. But he would just TJ Warren put it up so quickly that we also didn't even touch on when he got called for traveling just before that, which was another rough one. It to, hey, post, it happens. Yeah. Yes, it, it happens. It's just, I mean, the game. I know we're zero three now, but it just. The ball just didn't bounce our way last night at the very end. Luke Kennard makes that three-pointer that off that bounce that you're just wondering, how did that one fall? And then yeah. followed by the T.J. Warren travel, and then shooting with seven seconds left. It, it was rough. I think the best is yet ahead for this Pacers team, but you have to fix this bench immediately.
3: Yeah, well, let me just touch real quick on the T.J. Warren down-the-stretch situation. I felt like the isolation post-up, Mid post up move was not a great idea. Uh, Warren had been playing a lot of minutes, he'd been pretty active defensively as well. I thought he actually looked pretty good defensively last night. Probably his best defensive game, uh, considering what we saw in the first two games. Just there are times mm-hmm. where he does get caught watching the ball and uh, loses his man, but I think he did a much better job. He was more active in the passing lanes. And honestly, I mean, if you watch last night's game, that felt like a very Pacers-like game, defensive-minded, and, and if you look at the whole entire game, a lot of shots did not fall. I remember Justin Holiday had a couple threes that were in and out that looked good. Uh, same thing for Brogdon. I mean, Brogdon has yes. been a constant shooter for this team. I just kept thinking, oh, he's going to hit it, he's going to hit it, he's going to hit it, and they just didn't fall. But, I mean, they were good looks. Sabonis had about three or four layups in the paint. That just rimmed in and out. I mean, it was just one of those nights where shots were not falling. The Pacers were getting the unlucky bounces. And then you look over at Luke Kennard, like you mentioned, getting that shot off. What a lucky bounce Mm -hmm. that was. It's like everything was falling right for the Pistons. Everything was going wrong for the Pacers. But the Pacers had multiple opportunities in that fourth quarter to win that game. They didn't execute down the stretch. And I think that that's just part of the makeup of this team. They need that Oladipo-type leader to put the ball in somebody's hands to close the game out. And Brogdon couldn't hit the shots. I think McMillan went to him early with about two minutes left in the game. His shot wasn't falling. Um, I I, want to point this out. There was one time Brogdon drove into the lane, actually had about a nice little floater he could have thrown up there. Instead, he passed it out to Sabonis, who was about 15 feet on on the baseline there for a jumper, and Sabonis missed it. I would have liked to see Brogdon take that shot. I'm not sure if you remember that play or not, but it was yeah, I do. I do. late in the fourth quarter. And then lastly, I just thought that you know they were trying to force feed TJ Warren down the stretch a little too much, spread that ball around, and honestly, I would have liked to have seen Turner get more involved offensively. Uh, he actually didn't look bad on the defensive end against Drummond, I know Drummond still had his way with the rebounds and points, but it was much more contained compared to the previous game. Pretty much cut his stats in half. So uh, I would have liked to have seen Turner get more involved in the offense. Couldn't agree more. Look, we're not
2: here for, you know, consolation prizes, but the Pacers played a much better game the second time around against Detroit than the first game. He held Detroit to 96 points compared to 119 initially. I thought, just as you mentioned on Drummond, he went from having 30 and 23 to having I think it was uh you know, eighteen and twelve or, or sixteen eighteen, and 18 15. I think something like that. It was like eighteen and sixteen, yeah. So, you know, either way, they did a good job on that. You really limited Derek Rose. Of course he ends up making the biggest shot of the game essentially in the go ahead basket. But there was I think with Brogdon, you know, he's had three straight games of double digit assists. I think that he's made a real big emphasis on spreading the ball out. I think if he had a better shooting night I think he might take that shot that you talked about. You know, when he finished 5 of 17, it was, I I think, that he tried to get some teammates going. And and I I appreciate him looking for other guys, trying to set up. Uh, Sabonis just, you know, started out 4 for 4. Started out hot, finished the game 4 of 14 after that. So just kind of really rough down the stretch. You know, I, I don't blame him. I like him. He's being aggressive. I think that with Turner. I would have liked to have seen him take more shots, just as you mentioned. Because Turner seemed to it seemed a bit quiet in the fourth quarter. Um, I, I would have liked to seen him be a bit more active. TJ Warren, I appreciated the aggressiveness. However, we're yet to see that, you know, fifty percent shooting from the field. TJ Warren, he's been around forty percent every game thus far. So I do think that he will have that that breakout performance. Uh, If you were just going to go by a box score standpoint, you might go, oh, he had 19 points, five steals. But there was more to that. There was the the lack of being able to close at the end of the game. Brogdon had two great looks at three-pointers. I would have loved to have seen those go, and it would have been awesome. But this is what happens when you have new faces. You're looking to see who is going to be your closer, and I think that it's going to take some time. We'll figure it
3: out. Yeah, they they're, they know who their closer is, but he's injured right now. Of so, course. He's your closer and I, right now. Right, 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 right. But let me just say this. After watching Brogdon after these three games, just envisioning him next to Oladipo is so exciting. I mean, I love the way Brogdon's played, and I think that he's only going to be better with Oladipo. Oladipo is just that go-to score that they need, and uh, we can't keep harping on it too much because they have to figure out ways to win games without yes. Oladipo. This is the... You know, the cards they've been drawn and are dealt, and they have to deal with it. So, you know, but I want to talk about this bench rotation here real quick, Fauci, because Mm -hmm. I understand they don't want to play Goga. He got injured in that Cavs game. They weren't going to play him, really, but with Sabonis' turn of getting foul trouble early, they ended up putting Goga in there for a few minutes, and he ended up hurting his knee, and we never saw the end of it. So uh, we never saw him come back, I mean. So he played four minutes (laughs) all season long. It's, it's kind of sad because we expected Goga to be a guy that plugged in right away as that backup center, but that hasn't been the case. So what you've been seeing is without Jeremy Lamb, without Oladipo, without Goga, without Aaron Holiday, your bench rotation is TJ McConnell, Justin Holiday, Doug McDermott, and TJ Leaf, and then they've been playing Sabonis with them. I'm sorry, but there is no shot creator on that offense. Uh... Sabonis can only do so much (laughs) as a big man. I mean, you can run the offense through him, but if you don't have capable offensive players surrounding him, right now McDermott is probably their best offensive player in that rotation right there. I mean, Justin Holliday is not a scorer. Justin Holliday is a defensive player that will score, you know, at times. You know, he will score in bunches and most of that's going to be off of what other people are creating. But if you have no other creators, I mean, McDermott can't put the ball on the ground. McConnell won't shoot a three. He'll just dribble around the entire paint until he finds somebody cutting. Uh, TJ Leaf, you know, had two air balls last night. Uh, sure, he made a couple nimble plays around the basket. I mean, I'm not going to say he's the problem that we lost the game, but defensively, I mean, this is a horrible defensive unit. TJ TJ uh, Leaf... Made Christian Wood look like Wilt Chamberlain last night. I mean, for crying out loud, his defense was atrocious, Faji.
2: Christian Wood got absolutely everything he wanted last night. In game one, he was you would for you wouldn't have even known he even played. In this game, he looked, like you said, pretty much like Wilt. He had nineteen and twelve. He wasn't missing. I know. Hey, hey you would have thought, oh my god, who who's that guy right there? You know, he must be their guy if you're just a casual NBA fan. No, this is Christian Wood who just lit us up. I mean, come on. Like, like who? You know, you can't have that happen. So I think I'm just going to propose this. I think when Jeremy Lamb comes back, you have to consider moving him to the bench. And, and I think that bench really needs to be injected with some life. And I think that Jeremy Lamb could be that playmaker on that team. You cannot hope that just McDermott's going to be like a go-to scorer on that bench or, or create – it can't happen. It's not going to happen. So yeah. I think with Jeremy Lamb, I think we're, we're both in kind of an agreement that the Sumner you know experiment, the starting lineup, hasn't been bad by any means. He's shown flashes of, hey, this is a guy who can consistently get minutes. I'm fine with that. I think that the bench needs Jeremy Lamb way more than the starting lineup does. And I saw a tweet that you put out that was great that the Pacers starting five is outscoring their opponent's starting fives. Oh, by a a landslide. By a lot. The starting five is not the issue. And that's with Jeremy Lamb, you know, only playing one game out of three. So I I just think that you need a little bit of a shakeup. We can't – I understand if Goga's hurt. I I, I get it. But whenever he's ready, I'm going to need Nate to give him some minutes because this rebounding issue – it's going to get pretty bad. I mean, guys are starting to really just flat out rip down rebounds over us. I mean, it was just one play. Drummond got a rebound and an and-one in between four Pacers last night to close out the first half, and it was disgusting to watch.
3: Yeah, no, I understand that. And this has been a bad rebounding team this year, and that's not what you expected with two centers on the court. But at the same time, if guys are going to be drawing Sabonis or Turner away from the basket, that's what's going to happen. You know, That's when guys Mm -hmm. like Brogdon and Warren and Sumner have got to be more aggressive attacking the glass and and not just leave it up to one big man to get everything. I did like at times, I think it was one time I specifically remember, but there was a couple times where when Drummond got the ball in the post, Sumner doubled down, and I know he got a nice steal off one of them. When when a big guy is trying to take Turner or Sabonis down low, that's, probably going to outpower him. You have to double team him, especially when you have a non-shooter like Bruce Brown in there. You know what I mean? Like you have to make these guys pay and live with the results. I mean, if Bruce Brown wants to hit threes on us, that's you shake his hand and say, congratulations. Cause that's not what yeah. he's good at. You know what I mean? But exactly. as far as this rotation goes, I like your idea of putting Jeremy Lamb on the bench, but I don't think that I would put Sumner with the starters. If you've noticed the yep. last two games, Justin Holiday has finished with the starters. Why? Mm -hmm. Because he's a veteran, he doesn't need the ball, and McMillan trusts him in late-game situations. kind of similar to why they brought Wesley Matthews into the starting lineup last year when Oladipo went down. Because he was a vet, he could stretch the floor, he's a decent enough shooter, and he's a good defender, doesn't need the ball. I think there's too many guys in that starting lineup that need the basketball to be effective. And that's why I would like to stagger T.J. Warren's minutes and have him be more of the, the bench scorer and allow him to get most of his touches there. Because if you're going to run the offense, which they have been, through Sabonis, through Turner, through Malcolm Brogdon in the first three games, I mean, they've gone to Warren and, you know in spurts, but it's not been a consistent thing. I would really consider this, Fauci, and I want to get your take on this before we close out this segment. Start Justin Holliday with Brogdon, Warren, Sabonis, and Turner. That gives you Lamb and Sumner off the bench with McDermott. Now, depends on what they want to do. If they want to play McConnell, whatever. If they want to play Holiday, I would be in favor of that. But no more TJ Leaf. Please, just no more TJ Leaf. What I would do is I would sub Jeremy Lamb and McDermott into the game early, and I would slide out TJ Warren and, and Justin Holiday. So that rings, you got your two guys coming in for your wings basically. Your wings are coming in. And then around like the two or three minute mark, I would have Warren come back into the game. I would do that about the six minute mark, excuse me. But around the three minute mark, two minute mark, I would have Warren come back into the game for Sabonis. That way you have Warren playing the four with Turner. You've got Brogdon, you've got McDermott, and you've got Lamb. So it's a pretty solid lineup right there. You're not expecting much from McDermott, just you know go out there and guard the worst defender and be a, a mm-hmm. stretch 3. Now with your second unit, you've got Justin Holiday come back. And you know you can even leave Justin out of the situation. You can bring Edmund into the game. You can bring Jeremy Lamb will still be in the game. You'll have TJ Warren, you'll bring Sabonis back in for Turner if you're not going to play Goga and then play McConnell at the point guard. I mean at that point McConnell playing the point guard is not that important. But yeah. Yeah, You know, you can't go eight-man. If there was a nine-man rotation, you wouldn't have to worry about McConnell or Aaron Holiday or Goga. You could play Oladipo with that group, which is what I would like to see. But that's my thinking. If you have Lamb, Warren, and Sabonis with the second unit with McDermott and Sumner or whoever it is, That, to me, feels like a much better second unit than what the Pacers are rolling out right now. Absolute much better second unit right there.
2: I like the move where I feel like Holiday is a guy who can transition in in the starting lineup and just kind of pick up some of the slack, whether it's come on defense or just making a more well-rounded team. Because right now, I mean, we we saw this a couple years ago with the Pacers when they would go to the bench and just everything would completely drop off. And for right now, I mean, you're going to have to shake it up. I know it's early. Uh, I think that I like the idea that you mentioned before. Even if it is, you know, TJ Warren at times being kind of that guy with the second unit, that scorer, I I like that better because it's just you want to be able to get him going without it taking away from the rest of the team. And and I think that any means necessary that you can do that, you got to try. So I want to see Nate tinker with this lineup a bit and also – you can't just give up on the youth at all. Because oh, yeah. at times when you, when you need a, a spark, I mean, we've, in limited time, we've seen Aaron Holiday provide a spark at times. There's been random games where he's had like 13 points and just got a couple shots going down. Last night, when you looked at that bench, I mean, really not much was brought to the table at all. Uh, so, I mean, like I said, Justin Holiday, yeah, that's different. He, he, he you know, played well. He was... You know, on the rebounds, at six boards, two blocks, he's makes his presence you know felt compared to like a TJ Leaf, where you're just you're just there. I mean, where is his three point shooting? Where did it go? I I don't understand. That was like the why they drafted him. Exactly. I mean, that was what you thought of. Oh my God, you got like a stretch four here. This guy could knock down threes. I think he shot like fifty seven percent from three at UCLA. I mean, it was ridiculous.
3: Yeah, so Lonzo Ball I just, I'm made him very look confused. Than he is.
2: I believe that. I believe that. But it, it's just he's having games where you don't even attempt a three.
3: Yeah, no, so it's, it, it's, it's just puzzling. Well, that's part of the part of the problem is McMillan's offense. I mean, let's just be honest. You know, he doesn't put his guys in the best position to win games, and it's it's frustrating to watch his offense. It gets so clunky at times. There's not enough different actions. Yeah. It's pretty predictable. I don't know. Maybe he's just having a hard time with these two bigs. Doesn't know how to coach them. But anyway, we've harped on this enough. Let's take a quick break. We have a guest coming on next segment, Alec Ramsey from the Indy Pacer. Let's take a quick break. We'll be right back. All righty, Pacer fans. We are back. Segment two. We have a special guest with us today from the Indy Pacer. It is the one and only Alec Ramsey. Alec, what's going on, man?
1: How's it going, guys? How's it going?
3: Doing great, doing great. Appreciate you coming on the show,
1: Alec.
2: As you know, we've seen better days, but come on, there's got to be a win in our future, right? We
1: we have seen better days. I was kind of talking about it last night on the Indy Pacer on our Twitter account. Um, a lot of positive, definitely definitely from that third game opposed to the first two. Um, definitely definitely still a lot to improve on, but you know we you know we got a, a new team a pretty new roster and there's just a a lot of chemistry i believe that needs to be solidified and i think you guys would agree with that
2: completely agree i mean i think it's about nine new faces on this pacers team so it takes time i mean you don't just i we hope that the trip to india would help with the chemistry but it's not something that happens overnight you got to get a feel for just playing with these guys and we were we were very you know we were spoiled with the last group because they were such a tight-knit crew. I mean, everybody forgets they literally went to uh, Pritchard asking not to trade anybody just two years ago because that's how close they were. So it takes time. Right. We're 0-3 now. But I, I know it's going to take some time. We'll get it together. And at the end of the day, we always got Victor Oladipo coming back later on in the season to save the day.
1: <laughs> Couldn't agree more with all of everything you just said. And, and I don't like to do this comparison, but it, or especially with the Warriors of how much success they've had. But, the I mean, look at the Warriors this year. I mean, they've lost a ton of new faces. And I think, what, they just lose by almost 50 to the, to the Oklahoma City Thunder a couple days ago. And it's kind of the same situation, right? They're just a ton of new faces. And it just takes time to build that up, no matter, I mean, you know, a couple preseason games here and there. But I just think it's going to take some more time for these guys to gel, especially uh Alex, I know you were kinda of talking about it last night with our bench uh, and bench production has <sighs> definitely been something that has been struggling to say the least.
3: No, it definitely has been struggling. It's something that I was hitting on before you came on and I don't want to, you know, keep rehashing the same thing. So uh I want to get your take on the bench. I mean what are your thoughts on the yeah. rotation he's playing and uh what would you do differently?
1: Yeah, so the first thing, and I, I've seen a lot of people with the same take, so I don't want to keep following the lead of everybody else, but the Aaron Holiday, T.J. McConnell thing, I would like to see Aaron Holiday get those minutes. Granted, I, I understand that he hasn't played the best, but I think he's kind of your future, whether it's at that backup point guard spot, and I, no offense to T.J. McConnell, I just don't think it's him for the future. Obviously, that's what we're trying to do, build through the draft is what they've been preaching so I definitely would switch that up, uh, would be the first thing to give Aaron Holiday those minutes. I think his potential, his ceiling is, is way higher. Um, and then, unfortunately as well, I hate to just keep dogging on guys, but I'm not real, I'm a big fan of T.J. Leaf. I don't what? know a lot of people are a big fan of him. What? <laughs> you don't like T.J. Leaf, please. Anymore.
3: You've got to go into detail because everybody on Twitter seems to absolutely love seeing him play.
1: Gosh, I, I don't know, man. I, I tweeted out on the Indy Pacer. Um, obviously me being from Fort Wayne, we would love to see him in a in a mad ants jersey. That that would be cool. <laughs> I'd love to see that too. <laughs> He's more than welcome to come up here and get as many minutes as he would like. Honestly, he can he can start for all I care. Um I would like those minutes to go somewhere else, whether it's Alizé Johnson, I know Jeremy Lamb's been hurt. And I think that's the key, too. Fauci, I know you were talking about, obviously, Oladipo, obviously still waiting for him to get back. But I think once he comes back and Lamb comes back, that's got to notch everybody down, right? That's got to take away TJ Leaf's minutes and, you know, replace him with either Lamb or Warren, however you want to go about it that way. That's got to be what this is, right? Just the absence of Oladipo and Lamb. That's got to be kind of their thought process. But, Having said that, I still wouldn't give the minutes to Leaf. I, I think I'd give it to someone with a little bit more potential and ceiling, and I think they still think that TJ Leaf hasn't hit any ceiling or potential or whatever you want to call that yet. I just I just don't see it, guys. I I don't know what you guys have seen or your opinions on him, but I am not a fan.
2: I was mentioning to Alex, I mean, where is the three ball that he was heralded for? It's not existing right. at all. If you're not shooting or making threes and you're T.J. Leaf I don't know what you're doing on the court Uh, I'm gonna be honest because I can tell you right now for the team that's last in the league in rebounding I guarantee you you give a couple minutes to Alizé Johnson and he's pulling down rebounds I'm telling you right now I can't say that that necessarily makes us a better team having Alizé on the court but compared to T.J. Leaf I think that you're going to get a lot more. You're going to see energy. You're going to see a high motor. You're going to see someone hustling. And I think it it would add up to maybe it's more opportunities, saving a loose ball, whatever it is. I think that Alizé Johnson is just – he still has more, I think, untapped potential than T.J. Leaf at this moment. T.J. Leaf, I think, needs to be potentially humbled and brought down to Fort Wayne. (laughs) Humble. <laughs> when they when Humble. they pick
3: that option he's up, when terrible. they pick that option he up, knows he's terrible. I don't know if he does. No, yes guys, he does. Does he know?
1: Does he know that he's bad? Honestly, I don't
3: think so. He has to know he's bad. No, I think he does not look like he is excited to be out there. The guy looks like, man. I hope I no. can just make it so I can get another paycheck. Alize <laughs> Johnson is not no. the answer at power forward, Fachi. There is he's no answer. Being, we we not, talked not, about this. Oh, this was our I biggest agree. concern going into the post or I into agree. The, the season. We have no power forward. Yep. You're playing Sabonis out of position at the 4. Yep. He's a true center in the NBA for today, but we're making it we're trying to make it work. Mm-hmm. In your backup power forward, you don't have one. I mean, TJ Warren's probably your best power forward position uh for the backup position that we have. T.J. Leafs not the answer. Alex Johnson is not the answer. And no. Jakar Sampson's not the answer. But I'd rather see Jakar Sampson than those two. I,
1: I just completely think agree. We, mm-hmm. No, you, you finish, Alex. Oh. Yeah, yeah. I was just going to say I completely agree with that. Like, I don't think any of those guys are the answer. And I guess I would pose a question to you guys. Is Alex, I saw you kind of talking to some people on Twitter about starting lineups and potential just depth lineups as well. Do you think you could – Once Victor gets back, and obviously Jeremy Lamb gets healthy as well, could you go Brogdon, Victor, Lamb, and then obviously Turner and Sabonis? Could you bring Warren off the bench and mix him with Aaron Holiday, Edmund Sumner, Justin Holiday? Do you kind of like that lineup, or or how would you do it? What do you guys think? Because I think that could bring some scoring to the bench. If you have Lamb start, let Warren come off the bench – kind of playing with Justin and Aaron. Um, I just think that the bench is just lacking scoring. Like nobody out there is giving you any points. And I, that's just the route I would go. And I was kind of wondering what you guys thought about that. Once you get your full roster back intact.
2: Well, yeah. I Go ahead. I was going to say, I, I like it a lot because right now you're looking at that bench last night. And there's just there's just no playmakers right there. I mean, it, no, was, a bench, it was a bench that
3: you so, could run Fauci, up the you're score in favor, on that starting bench. Lamb over over uh, T.J. Warren
2: with Oladipo. Uh, I'm I'm open to experimenting it. I think that if you're right. a guy T.J. Warren who's a known scorer, but you're not you're not bringing you know much else other than that, he's not going to get teammates involved. Then let the man score with the second unit and Aaron Holiday. He. He's, never, he's not just going to learn being on the bench. You need to have him out no, there. No, right. And I think that he's someone who can ignite a spark. And if you have Holiday out there, with another Holiday, but also you know yep. T.J. Warren out there, I think that that's – That was that's, my thought. That's some scoring. It's some scoring right there. The, the bench cannot yeah. average 18 points per game. It That's no. sickening.
3: There's, there's no. individual bench players who let, do that. Let me chime in here real quick. What because, do you think? Well, let me chime yeah. in here real quick because – Personally, like, Jeremy Lamb has already said, I know I'm the sixth man when Depot comes back. He's embraced that role. Warren is not the same person as Jeremy Lamb. He's not going to embrace coming off the bench the same way. It might affect him mentally. He's been through a lot with Phoenix. He's had a lot of health issues. He's trying to find his niche here in Indiana. David West has talked up Indiana I think you I think you roll out Warren as a starter. He's a better three-point shooter. He's a better scorer, so you don't put all the pressure yep. on Oladipo to do the scoring when he returns. But I do like the idea of putting Warren with that second unit, and what I would do is I would substitute Jeremy Lamb in early, maybe around the six- or seven-minute yep. mark for Warren, and then run Warren with the second unit, but still let him start. That way he doesn't have those feelings of, wow, they don't believe in me, I'm not a starter type thing. Similar to Sabonis, there's also the option, to me, where you could, if you're not going to play Goga and you don't have any other centers, you could sub in Jeremy Lamb, (laughs) possibly for Sabonis, and slide Warren down to the four, maybe try to get some more forward spacing, and then put Sabonis back in for Turner. That way you're not affecting these guys' morale by benching them and making them a sixth or seventh man, but just changing up your rotation to where it's more staggered and more balanced but at the beginning and end of games, or halves and games, you are playing your be- five best players. Simple as that. that that's just my feeling. I'm, yeah, I'm
1: fine with I, that. I agree with that. Yeah, I, I agree with that, too. I guess the reason, my reasoning, just to explain to everybody about Warren coming off the bench, is I just think they need some kind of spark, you know? Like, you look at the bench, and it's just such poor shooting. You know, it's almost hard to watch. And, and I like your idea. Even start Warren to keep his mental side of things up and then yeah you can pull him kind of like Thaddeus Young did right he'd always be the first first to come out of the starters and he'd play a little bit with the second unit I could I could see Warren do that like Fauci was saying he's kind of almost more ISO you know he's not he's not really looking to get guys involved as you saw at the end of the game last night he was really trying to just ISO his his guy like almost three possessions in a row taking some pretty bad shots I know a couple of them went in but I just thought that to get some kind of scoring off the off the bench I guess is what they need. They need some kind of spark and and like you said Alex it's just they don't have a true power forward really and and that's kind of the fault of the front office I guess. It's just it's just not well planned and like you said Goga's what he's played 2 minutes in 3 games it's just been a little mysterious and especially with the backup point guard I I just don't think McConnell or TJ Leave has any business being on the court. I, I, I really don't.
2: Yeah, I mean, do what you got to do to keep TJ Warren happy. You know, if you want right. to, you know, start him and then put him with the second unit a little bit afterwards. That that's fine. You could you could give him a sticker and have his favorite drink ready when he comes back to the bench. Whatever <laughs> keeps him happy, you know. But at the same point. Uh, I mean, this guy needs his shots. He's averaging over 16 shots per game through the first three games. The second unit is where you can let him be free. Let him be TJ Warren, and that's
3: fine. But sure, if you want to keep him in the starting lineup, that's more than fine. Well, and here's the other thing, Fodge: If TJ Warren's going up against second unit talent, he's going to have his way with them. But if he's mm-hmm. trying to go up against, you know, starting small forwards in the Eastern Conference, it's not going to be as easy, you know, whether he's playing the East or the West. I mean, it doesn't really matter, but scoring against second units, it's going to be much easier. I mean, similar to Sabonis last year. I mean, Sabonis dominated the opponent's backup center. where They have to play their starters more minutes just because basically when you put Sabonis in for Turner, you were basically getting another starter on the court. Now they did different things, but offensively, Sabonis is, you know, probably a little bit more skilled than Turner, but defensively, I mean, Turner is much more skilled. So in all honesty, like, I'm just going to say this. I'm going to say it early because I want my my opinion to be out there. When Victor returns, it would mean so much if the Pacers could get a legitimate small forward to play with this starting five. And then yep. this team would be so much better if you put Warren and Lamb on the bench with your second unit. I know that sounds crazy, but if you're not going to play Aaron no, Holiday, no. he's losing his value Every game that T.J. McConnell plays minutes over him. Nate McMillan, if you don't want to play him and you don't believe in him, at least play him so you can get his value back up because last year he was a potential part of a Mike Conley trade. Now, I know Mike Conley has struggled early on in Utah, but still, you were not going to go after Mike Conley because you didn't want to give up Aaron Holiday, and now you can't even play him over T.J. McConnell. That makes zero sense to me. (laughs) So if, if you're not going to play Goga, that's fine. He might be injured. He might be going through some stuff. Let him sit out. Yep. But if you're looking to try and improve your team, look to trade. Obviously, McDermott's got the uh, a nice contract, but if you could package McDermott and, and Aaron Holiday and get a small forward that you really like and then have a second unit of Sumner, Lamb, uh, Justin Holiday, and Warren with, uh, with Sabonis or Turner, I think that's the way to go. And I think finding... Uh, A guy out there in the small forward position that can just be a knockdown three-point shooter and play defense would be perfect for that team. Now, I don't know who that player is. I'm not saying that I know who that player is, but if they can find someone who does those things, I think it personally would help the Pacers' overall depth if they could just find that 3 and D wing.
1: I I totally agree with that. and Just to bounce off Fauci's point and kind of yours as well, Alex, is if T.J. Warren wants that many shots, honestly, I'd rather that come with the backups, you know, because I'd rather him be taking the shots than the other guys that that we have for now. And honestly, with how well Malcolm's playing, he's going to want his own. Victor's going to want his own. There's almost just not enough shots to go around with Malcolm, Victor, T.J., and then that's not even including Miles and Sabonis. You know what? You know what I mean? It's like there's there's not that many shots to go around on the starting unit so it would be nice to take those guys put them on the bench let them play with the backups and let them take all the shots in the world they want with the second unit because there's only one ball you know there's almost so much only so much to go around especially how well Malcolm's playing like I said Victor's going to want to get his own and TJ Warren's still going to want to be taken like he said 16 shots a game I I just don't see that many shots for him as a starter uh, and I think he'd be more valuable valuable to us coming off the bench. I really do.
2: It seems inevitable, honestly. Uh, obviously, things will change eventually, but Oladipo is going to need his shots and deserves every single one of them. So right. it, there's going to need to be a change. And also, the amount of minutes that these guys are playing right now is sickening. <laughs> uh, honestly, <laughs> it, it really is. Miles Turner yeah. is averaging about thirty nine minutes per game right now. Uh, I get it, Goga's hurt. And what what else are you going to do? But I mean, you're also seeing guys like po- <laughs> hey, you know, I, you know, I got a soft spot for him. But I mean, come on, Sabonis and, and Miles Turner averaging about like 37, 38 minutes. It's it's a lot, yeah. and it's this early in the season. I mean, we've seen Miles Turner have stretches where he misses like five games or so. Come on while we got Oladipo out, we don't want to have, you know, Miles Turner missing time. So No, do you guys
1: see what I mean, though? Yeah. Like, do you guys agree with that, though? Like, there's just not that many shots to go around in the starting unit. That's why I kind of singled out Warren instead of Lamb. It's not because I think he's better or worse. I just think he's a better asset to come off the bench, and you can play it as him as the six-man role and still give him a decent amount of minutes. Like I said, I'd rather him be taking the shots than – Sumner, Justin Holiday, any of those guys, I mean, obviously Warren's a better player than them. I just, yeah. I just see more value uh, of him taking their shots opposed to taking Malcolm or Victor's, um, and I think that's pretty obvious.
3: All right. Well, let's put a bow on this conversation because I know there's a lot that we'd like to see change, but, I mean, the positives here, I, I want to look at the positive for a little bit because while yeah. we have lost three games, I think we saw some positives last night. So I want to get your your take Alec as our guest here on this segment. What's the positives yeah. you've seen from this team through the first 3 games?
1: Right. Oh, well I think the I think the one positive obviously is Malcolm Brogdon. Like I knew or I know everyone thought he was the saving grace and and he and he sure looks like it. But the numbers he's putting up even in the first 3 games, I know it's a small sample size, has uh been really refreshing to see that um a true point guard. He's still getting the ball moved around. I think, what is it, three straight uh, double-doubles? That's unbelievable. Um, so that's definitely the first positive that I like, and I hope that continues. I'm really excited to see him paired with Victor. Once we get him healthy, that could that could be a dangerous backcourt in itself. And then um, Turner and Sabonis. I know we've talked about it before. Of how would it be with them playing together? Yeah, the defensive uh, chemistry might not be there yet with how many points uh, we've been allowing um, but on the offensive side we're seeing Miles play a little better obviously Domas is is playing his normal self if not better than than he has in his career um, I think those two positives are definitely something to build off and then the final one would just be our def- defensive effort look a heck of a lot better in that third and final game uh, opposed to the first two so I think not just the offensive chemistry but we need to get that defensive chemistry which is what the Pacers are built on is they're known for their top tier defense and I'm just ready to see that be consistent again and and shutting down teams and beating beating other teams on the defensive end opposed to outscoring them
2: Fachi I mean, I don't know if there really is three things that I love about this team so far, but it, it, if I had to go through them, number one is definitely Malcolm Brogdon. I think he's been better than advertised, already has three uh, games with 10 assists, as we mentioned, double-doubles. It's more than he had last year. Um, so he is showing that he's taking that next step, which is everything you hope for when you give a guy you know, a substantial raise. Miles Turner... Definitely playing career ball right now. He's got career highs across the board. I think that he's shown an improvement in rebounding, which which I'm happy to see. Uh, and then well, he's playing about just, eight more minutes. His rebounding it, it, should go I mean, up. Ridiculous. It, it should. It, it it should. And it's only gone up one. But at the same point, you know, <laughs> so, so far it, it at least looks like you know he's being efficient. I wanted him to take more shots yesterday. I hope he does. Because that's another reason why like T.J. Warren had double the amount of shots that Miles Turner had yesterday. Um, but hey, we're not going to keep harping on T.J. Warren. I think lastly, it would just have to be that Sabonis is who we thought and hoped he was. And that by re-signing him, I think that we know that this really legitimately is a 20-10 and 10 guy. I think night in and yep. night out, he is. And he's proven that. There has not been a drop-off. Uh, at first, I was a little bit worried about the fouls in the first two games cut that down last game, maybe it's just one game, but who knows. If I had to pick three things, I would say those have to be them. Those are the positives. The negatives are quite more.
3: Yeah, well, I'm going to go a little bit different route than you guys did. Obviously, we know Brogdon has looked good. Uh, Sabonis and Turner have looked pretty good for the first few games. I know that a lot of fans are still kind of, uh, I guess you could say, anxious to see what they'll become, but I, I think that some are on the fence still right now with this, with this duo. And I understand that because – there are we are Sabonis fans on this podcast we tend to praise Sabonis more than we do Turner we are Sabonis stands whatever you want to call us but Sabonis has got to do a better job like you mentioned Fauci standing in foul trouble he did better last night but he did a much better job on Drummond too not you know biting on pump fix but man Kevin Love got him in some foul trouble early against the Cavs and it it hurt us down the stretch but Anyway, I'm going to go a little different route here. I'm going to say Justin Holiday off the bench has been a nice play for the Pacers. Uh, he's not doing anything you know, particularly well, but he's just a veteran guy that comes in. He plays under control. He doesn't try to force. He plays good defense. I mean, his hand was right there in Luke Kennard's face when Kennard hit that three last night. I mean, you can't get mad at him for his defense there. Uh, His shots look pretty good so far I just like what he's brought to the table Edmund Sumner is another bright spot to this Pacers team He has looked really solid uh, Especially the last two games The first game, he was the one guarding Luke Kennard So yes, a lot of people were like Oh, did you see Sumner come in and bring some uh, energy off the bench? Well, yes, he did that But in the second half, he really struggled against Kennard But I thought in the last two games that he started He has been a huge plus for that starting unit Bringing them something different that they don't have and then, lastly, I'm a. I'm actually going to say this, but it's a little under the radar. I, I think T.J. Warren's been really good defensively. Uh, he's much more improved than he was with Phoenix. He's buying into the system. We're slowly starting to see him grow as a defender. He's not great, but I think he's been good enough for you know what the Pacers have. I mean, Brogdon's a good defender. Turner's a good defender. Sumner's a pretty good defender. So you're not asking him to be an elite defender, but he's buying into the system. He's getting better. I think that he will only improve as a defender, and I'm all for it. So those are my three positives there. I wanted to go a little bit different than what you guys had said there because, of course, Brogdon is the highlight.
2: Of course. If I had to throw in one more thing, I would just say that it's very early, but I think this team is looking like a better free-throw shooting team than last year. Last year at the start of last season, it was was so dreadful. So far, they're they're right around 84%. That's about like an 8% improvement from last year. So – Take take the small things. We're we're getting there.
3: All righty, Alec. Well, we appreciate you coming on for this segment with us. Uh, Anything you want to plug or anything you got going on?
1: Uh, no. Just keep uh keep uh I guess helping me grow the indie pacer. It's it's been a journey. Uh, I appreciate all the uh, follows and. And Twitter responses and mentions, uh, I love engaging with all our fans. I know you guys do as well. And I uh, really appreciate you guys having me on. Um, looking forward to doing it again next time. Hopefully it's a little bit more positive. Hopefully we got some wins under our belt. Uh, but, no, I just wanted to thank you guys for having me on. I really appreciate that.
3: Alrighty, Pacer fans. We are back. Final segment here. So, of course, you guys know that in the offseason, Focci and I did a little Pacers fantasy draft and right now we're going to give you our updates. So just to kind of recap the teams, the ferocious Foches are Miles Turner, Malcolm Brogdon, Jeremy Lamb, Aaron Holiday, Alize Johnson, Edmund Sumner, and Doug McDermott. And what did I what did I name my team again? I forget.
2: Uh I don't know something with an A followed by Alex. <laughs> no, it was the Golden.
3: Uh, I thought I did Golden. Oh, maybe it was. Yeah. Hmm. But uh, something anyway, something Golden. We'll just we'll just say. Team Alex, uh, I've got Domas Sabonis, TJ Warren, TJ Leaf, TJ McConnell, that's right, all three TJs, Jakar Sampson, Victor Oladipo, Gogo Bataze, and Justin Holliday. And after one week, it is a very close race between Team Fachi and Team Alex. But after calculation, Team Fachi, thanks to Malcolm Brogdon, leading scorer this week with 83.5 fantasy points, Team Fachi leads 198.5 to 187 Team Alex is about 11.5 points down, so uh, have to see what helps me catch back up. But, Fauci, congratulations on the Week 1 victory.
2: Thank you, thank you. I noticed some people laughed at my team when they saw it, but at the same point, Jeremy Lamb's barely played and we, we got a lead, so feeling good about that. And Alizé actually hasn't even played. so you well, know, well, nobody expected, expected did...
3: Alizé to play. Hey. You're the only person that expected <laughs> Alizé to play. Alizé is always welcome on my team. That's okay fine if he's on your team, but nobody expected him to play. I think the most shocking ones for us are Aaron Holiday and Gogo Batazze. That, that yeah. was our early picks. I mean, I got Mikado like second to last pick in the draft, and he was my second leading scorer with 36 points. That's ridiculous.
2: It's good value right over there. So, and week one goes to me, but we'll see what week two is. Hopefully, we can get Jeremy Lamb. Back out there and get Aaron Holiday back into the rotation. So yeah,
3: just so you know, this is not a week to week win loss record. This is a whole season long Fachi. Mm-hmm. So yep. get your build while you got because is coming back with a vengeance and we're gonna we're gonna take that lead back at the end of the season. You better just hold on to your britches there, uh, Fachi. Enjoy I the, don't know, the ferocious.
2: The ferocious Fachis are looking quite ferocious, I must say.
3: Yeah, okay, ferocious with an eleven point five lead. Alright, everybody, that does it for another episode here of setting the pace on pacerstalk.net, cln media.com You can check out all of our great content on Twitter at SettingThePace3. And if you haven't already noticed, on Instagram, we changed our handle to just at PacersTalk. Yes, because of our website being PacersTalk.net. Wanted to make it easier for y'all to find us, so too many underscores in the other names, so just strictly at Pacers Talk. You can follow Facci at underscore FACCI, and I am at Alex Golden NBA. And until next time, we'll talk to you later. Peace out, Pacers Nation. Let's go, Pacers.